G'day and welcome to a Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I'm your host for this week's a Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and CFRC, so thank you very much to both of them. Now, if your mates miss the show at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Today, though, I'd like to introduce you to Alyssa Grocutt, who is doing a PhD in management, which is in the Smith School of Business, under the supervision of Dr. Julian Barling. Welcome to Grad Chat, Alyssa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm glad you're here. It's, it's not often that we get uh, students from our management program, but I'm always glad when you do because, you know, when we talk about the Smith School of Business, a lot of people think of MBAs and things like that. But of course, there's two programs there, the PhD and MSc in management, which also fall under the School of Graduate Studies because they're research-based programs. And so it's great to have you on board. And we're going to have a really interesting conversation today because your research is about workplace safety, which is a pretty important area for all of us. Um, you know, even sitting at a desk at times can be a bit of a hazard to us. Yeah. But of course, we, we've got a lot more that we're going to go into as we progress in this interview with you today. So I, I was wondering... I mean, workplace safety, like I said, could mean a lot of things. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So before we go into some of your questions, uh, can you just give me a general overview? Like what did you do in your master's? And, and then what do you mean by this workplace safety in general? Yeah, for sure. And I guess right now with the pandemic, workplace safety seems to be an even broader topic than before. Mm-hmm. I am mainly interested in like physically hazardous occupations, more of that like construction, mining, that kind of thing. And most of the workplace safety research, which there isn't a lot of, it's fascinating that the business research typically does not involve workplace safety, which I think is a shame. I would love to see some more on there because it's such an important topic. But from the research, we can see that most of the research that does exist out there is on the causes of safety incidents and work injuries, which I mean, is super important. We wanna be proactive and how can we prevent these things from occurring? But I'm really interested in the consequences of safety incidents and work injuries. I want to know, you know, what are the impacts on the worker themselves, their family, colleagues, leaders, and my master's looked at children of injured workers. It's interesting that you said, I know, like, as you said, workplace safety is a lot of things. Because I even remember just in the office, you know, we have to go through that safety training of how to climb a ladder. And I'm thinking, when am I going to use a ladder? Well, yeah. I've actually used it quite a lot, actually. <laughs> reaching for things that I shouldn't be reaching for and I should yeah. be using a proper ladder for. So, but, uh, you know. And even something like as simple as that can cause uh, lots of different issues. But of course, you're looking at other areas too, um, Mm -hmm. industry in particular, where we know at times um, some of the safety practices are not up to scratch. Yes. And it's interesting, though, that you said that you're looking at not necessarily the accident per se, but how it's affecting 
the managers of those people who are meant to be looking after those people, and then the families of those people. So that brings me to the question of what got you interested in this aspect of work safety as opposed to how can we make places of work more safe? Because you're looking at what happens after an accident has happened. Yeah, so... That is a great question. I guess it comes back to that me search, as we like to say in research. So I was interested and got involved in this based on my own personal experiences. So my dad died from a workplace safety incident when I was 11 years old, and that really just sparked my interest. And I was really interested in promoting safety. And then I was always fascinated by the consequences me, my mom, his coworkers, his managers, and I just saw how many people are affected by one incident. And I think there's so much that can be done on that in the research. Well, first of all, my condolences. I know you were 11 at the time, but I'm sure it still hurts. Um, I can't imagine not being, having my dad around. So my condolences to you. But it's also, it's a great aspect that you're looking at here. Because like I said, most people think about the accidents themselves or what led to the accident because, you know, we, we haven't got the proper mechanisms in place to safety goggles. We haven't got the right harnesses. We haven't got mining company areas or things that are, you know, safe going into the mine shafts and, and all those sorts of things. So mm-hmm. looking at it from a different perspective is really, really good. So the, the next question then is for those that work in offices or at home, safety issues are not necessarily top of mind. So what is the situation with workplace safety in Canada? Because you said there actually wasn't a lot of research even on any of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that there's no research is is crazy. There's... It's mind-boggling, actually, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so sad. And safety in Canada. So there are about a thousand workplace fatalities every year in Canada. And we often think, like, I hear from other people that, you know, aren't, isn't it getting better? Like, society is progressing, we have more technology, aren't we seeing decreases in the numbers? But that's actually not the case. When you, oh, it's getting worse. It is. So when you put it on a graph and you look at the trend line, we're actually seeing an increase in fatalities over time. Right. Injuries are likely to, but I was thinking of the fatalities there. And in terms of injuries we're seeing about a quarter of a million injuries every year. And those are just the injuries that have workers have lost time for. Does, does this graph show what kind of workplace it is? I mean, because you can understand, say, in a construction site, there's, you know, there's a plank of wood that come flying at you, it falls off, or a brick and, and things like that. That's pretty obvious, some of the things that you can think of. And, but then in, the, in an office setting, what could that be? So what you've seen so far show the different sorts of workplace injuries or where they're happening. Yeah, definitely. From my memory on this, a lot of the injuries and fatalities do come from the construction industry. And I mean, my own bias, I guess you could say, and what I hear from other people is like, oh, what about mining? But right. mining is more regulated. So we do see more injuries in say construction there are a lot in agriculture as well agriculture is very dangerous but agriculture isn't always included in these numbers so the numbers that I mentioned are actually likely underestimates of the number of fatalities and injuries we get these statistics from 
workers' compensation boards. Right. Um, so most industries have to report their injuries and fatalities. There are a few that are exempt from this for different reasons. Um, a lot of places, agriculture is one of those, just from the past of like family-run agriculture. Right, so they're not actually a conglomerate or, or mm-hmm. certain thing. Is They're individual people, so they have their own sort of regulations. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the actual numbers. I don't think any of us do, but mm-hmm. the statistics that we have are likely underestimates. Well, that's actually quite scary, isn't it? Because like you said, you'd think we're getting better because we talk more about safety in the workforce. I mean, we all have to do various courses and things to alert us. But I guess alerting is one thing, but having the mechanism around you to make sure you do it right in the first place is is what's important. That's kind of one of the issues of how we're getting these fatalities and injuries in the workplace. But of course, you're looking at what happens after that has happened. So it's fascinating that you are conducting research on the families of people who have been injured or killed at work. And it seems as if this is not exactly the direction most business research would take. So can you tell us a bit more about this? Because you are coming from a totally different side of things. Yeah, so there's a few studies now coming out about the families of injured workers, but one of them is from Calgary. So Dr. Nick Turner there, who is my undergraduate honors supervisor, him and some colleagues conducted a study looking at the children of injured workers and the short-term negative mental health outcomes that can occur. I use that a lot in my master's as a background. And I was interested in, I mean, looking at myself and I grew and developed so much from my experience of my dad dying at work. And so I was interested in, you know, what are some positive outcomes that can occur for children of injured workers and more in the long term. So not just looking at the short term negative consequences, but how can people take this, become stronger and experience positive outcomes? Yeah, and that's what we've got to look at, right? Because there's the usual, you've got to allow people to grieve and things, but then what can we do to support them moving forward? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I looked at post-traumatic growth, which is this growing and developing from a traumatic or just even an adverse experience. So I looked at like a short-term negative consequence of being psychologically in distress from the safety incident, but how that can contribute to this post-traumatic growth. And then the final outcome that I looked at was leader emergence. So kind of tying it right back to work. So how does like, you know, there's work family literature out there. We know that family affects work and work affects family. We've known that for a while now. So tying it back to like, how does a, a family's work experience affect a child? And then how does that affect their work outcomes when they are a working adult? When then they're working adult. So how are you finding out what's going on right now and, and then, then, then know put forward to fix or make that things is, easier? I don't think you can ever fix it, but make yeah. things easier. No, that's a great question. So I have two two answers to that. One is that there is an organization called Threads of Life, which does support families of workplace tragedies. And so that is a great support system available to people. But how I'm finding out is I'm doing surveys. And so it's 
proving to be kind of difficult to find participants, but I've had these experiences. I did for my master's, I found a sample of young adults, so between the ages of 18 and 24 within Canada, and I pre-screened for people that when they were growing up between the ages of 3 and 17, they had had a parent injured at work. Um, And then so I sent those eligible people surveys on their experiences of that event. That's not easy because would you asking them this trigger something else in them of their the experience that they went through? I mean, it's not an easy task, is it, to put no. your name forward first? Like, you know what, first of all, I've been through it myself, so I know what you're feeling, but I really want to sort of have a better idea of how we can improve what's like Is that kind of the approach you went to them? Yeah, so out of the few studies that I've done on this now, it's kind of changed over time. And I mean, that's where ethics is is a resource and helpful for us to make sure that we're right. appropriately approaching potential participants and making sure we have resources for them available in right. our when we approach them and when they finish the survey so that if they are feeling distressed from this. Fortunately, the participants that I got, most of them were more minor injuries. So a scrape or a burn, not necessarily as traumatic. And I had, I did have people reach out to me after and say like my, my parents work injury wasn't that severe. So it didn't, it wasn't traumatic. And so far I haven't encountered anything that is, that anybody has had pushback on. And I'm sure as I go further in this research, I will have to encounter that. But that is where I'm going to keep on making sure I get training and, and go talk to ethics people on how I can best approach people. That's, that's great. It's very, very important. We're all about ethics, particularly when we're working with uh, humans and things. Yeah. So I also understand that you're interested in, I mean, because the first part you're talking about is how it affects families such as these these incidents affect families but what about the managers because you're looking potentially looking at that as well I mean, and another big area I mean you certainly haven't chosen small small things to look at <laughs> so because I'd imagine if if someone got injured or um, died on a manager's watch so to speak that must be devastating for them as well so what made you wanted to go on to that can, can you Tell me why you'd want to bring that one in as well, because that increases the scope of your work by huge amounts. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So it's definitely a big feat. I just think it is so important because I, so many people said to me and my mom, like, it must be so hard for you too. But I watched these other people. I watched the managers in my dad's incident. So emotionally, psychologically, mentally affected by this. And you just think of all the things they have to deal with after. They have to keep their composure while they're managing the aftermath. They have to deal with legal proceedings. And some managers even have to break the news to family. Oh, wow. Yes. And I, Not easy. I, no, I cannot imagine how difficult that must be. And I think they're really a forgotten group of people when safety incidents occur. I mean, not forgotten because they're they're responsible for things, but forgotten in terms of the emotional impact that it can have. Because you think of, I mean, in the case of an injury, you think of the injured worker, fatality, you move more towards the family, and sometimes coworkers, but managers aren't really talked of. And there's, there's no research 
on this. And we tend to think of managers of, as this unemotional, like you think of like the Dilbert cartoons and managers are this unemotional being, but they're human too. But they're human too. Yeah. It's, it's got to affect them. Even if they don't show it, then I'm sure yeah. it's, it must affect them. So again, like with the families, how do you reach out to managers and, and, and sort of to narrow your scope a little bit, are you looking at managers in a particular profession? Or because if you open it up too big, then how do you compare properly when the scenario, maybe not, scenarios could be so different? That is a great question. So this is what I'm still grappling with for my research. This is what I'm going to be doing for my dissertation, which I will be starting probably in the coming fall. Right. Julian and I are still discussing how we might be able to approach leaders. I have been trying to get involved in more industry-focused safety groups and going to safety conferences and summits to try to make some more connections to see how we could find these, maybe workers' compensation boards. Um, This is going to be probably one of the more challenging aspects, especially because, you know, as we talked about, it's, it's not an easy topic. And there, there might be some people that a bit hesitant to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting that you said it might be hesitant to talk about it. it. Could potentially they be hesitant to talk about it because that might then be a bad name towards the organisation they're working for if their work safe work safety practices are not good. So they're in that position of how much can I say without getting having potentially their own job yeah, being put on the line. A very good point, and I think that's where the confidentiality is going to play a big role. And so ideally, hopefully most of the recruitment will not have to be through an organization and the organizations, even if it is, will have to keep names confidential. Mm-hmm. Some people that I have met just through different events have told me that they're very interested in this research. So I am seeing a lot of positive feedback from managers that have had to even break the news to family members or deal with the aftermath of a fatality. So I'm hoping that it's not too challenging to get participants. But then again, it's tough because there might be reasons why certain managers aren't interested. And so it'll be trying to get that more representative sample of -hmm. people in the field. So it's also, you mentioned that, you know, some people have a really bad encounter with the workers' compensation system and get quite frustrated by it. And you, you also mentioned in, in some of the notes that you gave me that, you know, even you and your mum had to deal with the system when your dad died. So what could the workers' compensation systems do differently, in your own opinion, to help improve those experiences? Yeah, for sure. So... Anecdotally, and from the limited research there is on this, that people become very frustrated with workers' compensation boards. And they are an insurance company, but they also are there for prevention mm-hmm. of incidents. And so it is a shame that so many people have negative experiences. My mom had to go through a lot with workers' compensation boards after my dad died. And I think one of the biggest things, and anecdotally from myself and my personal opinions, more research is needed on this, but 
I think, a focus on the psychological aspects because there's psychologists that are assigned to people. Um, There's a lot of physical therapy, but I think often the psychological can kind of get pushed by the wayside and and not focused on as much. And there is this, you know, we need to get workers back into work, but just really making sure that people are psychologically ready because they may be physically ready and not necessarily psychologically. Mm-hmm. And even within the psychological services that they provide, it is often, from my knowledge, geared towards return to work, which right. makes sense based on their purposes. But I don't know if that's always the best approach. So would you say, because I've never had to deal with someone like a, a worker's compensation, I mean, like you said, I mean, an injury is hard enough if you've got an injury. If there's a fatality, I mean, the family's going through enough already without having to do extra paperwork and not have someone compassionate on the other end of the phone or, or, or if it's in meetings. So what do you want to see from from your study are you looking at for instance if I just pick workers compensation system of better training for those people who deal with the client that they have a bit more sympathetic (laughs) you know these people are going through an emotional time already don't add to it okay Um, so would you want to see more of that sort of training plus when you're looking at the managers side of things are you looking for whatever results you get to be able to prove that you know our managers need training in this uh, because they do get affected so how do they deal with with this situation not for themselves as well as for the rest of the team that's still still there so to speak and then of course with the families what what are you hoping to do for the families other than showcase the trauma that they're going through already. And again, they don't need to make it harder, but what can we do to ease that moving forward? So what are you hoping to get from each of those sorts of areas? And you may not know yet. (laughs) So I'm putting it out there to help you. (laughs) Yeah, no, those are great questions. I think for workers' compensation boards, what I'd like to see personally is some more training for the people on the other end at the workers' compensation boards, I understand that I'm sure they don't like dealing with there's I'm sure there's people that come on right away that are angry. But you know, some maybe social work, psychology, like those fields could help contribute to a better experience. And then in terms of leaders, yeah, ideally I think showing that leaders need training on this. Mm-hmm. Managers, direct supervisors, all levels of leadership. They get training on difficult conversations sometimes, but that'll be, you know, sitting down in a performance review telling an employee that they're performing poorly. Those are the kind of difficult conversations that they get prepared for. Um, But, you know, a fatality or even a severe safety incident, those conversations are a whole nother level of difficult. So I think those sorts of, that's, what I'm hoping is, you know, what kind of training can we do? Maybe I could even try to create some training later on in my academic <laughs> career. But that and also, you know, what supports outside of work, maybe? Um, how can we connect them to mental health supports, support groups, something like that? And then finally, for the families, I think that one's still a little bit up in the air. I think that one was more of my intrinsic desire to understand Mm -hmm. a wider variety of people's 
experiences, but I'd really like to know what are the factors that can create this positive outcome? And like, can we do things to amplify those factors? So for instance, in my master's research, I looked at the support that the parents give to their children while they're growing up that can help enhance the post-traumatic growth after the psychological distress that they experience if their parents are supportive and if the family environment is less chaotic then they're more likely to experience this post-traumatic growth right those factors are hard for an outsider to impact and and enhance but going forward if I can look at some more other things or I mean even if families are provided resources saying these are the ways that you can you can help because I know personally so when my dad died my mom sat down with herself and thought how I deal with this shows a list of how to deal with things in her life right and so she took a very positive outlook and so we always looked at the positives of all different experiences including my dad's death just so that, I mean, it's easy to get in this negative mindset, but when you're looking at the positives and you see, hey, this this sucks, but I gained this and this, or I learned right. this and this from it. Because you can't change, especially with a fatality, you can't change that. You can't give no. a life back. Yeah. So, so can I ask then, and I hope you don't mind, oh. with your mum, because clearly your mum, like you said, she had a good positive outlook on things to help you as well as herself. But did she get, who did she get support from? That is a great question. She did see a, a psychologist in the town that we were in. So she did have support there. And her mom was was a good support for her. But I think I think there could have been more people there. We, we really relied on each other a lot for support. So um, as I got older, you know, I would, I would be her support and she would be right. my support. Right. And so did the company itself, did they provide the psychologist or did your mum just seek the psychologist? That was actually the Workers' Compensation Board okay. provided that. So where we were at the time, it was, we lived in a smaller town, well, smaller city in BC. And so the psychologist was, was very helpful. When we moved from there to Calgary, Alberta, My mom saw a different one and it wasn't the same experience. It was more on the twist of getting her back into the workforce instead of making sure she was psychologically supported. Right. Um, She had a very different experience in like our smaller city versus the big, bigger city where they had more, more staff for workers' compensation boards. So, so it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because with the information that you're trying to find out, I guess the other thing is, you know, when, what is the responsibility of the organization you're working for, both for their employees and their families? So where does their start? And first of all, it should be a safe place to work. <laughs> that was, that's the first thing, doing what they can to that. But then again, accidents do happen. So what should the companies be putting in? What process that they should be putting in? And I hopefully with some of the stuff that you're finding out that can help them. Okay, our managers need support too. We can't just rely on them to bear the brunt of some of this in the organization. Let's, what can we do to help them uh, either learn it or have support themselves? And then likewise, what do we do for the families of members who have worked for us? What can we do there? So so is the onus going back onto the organization? You know, I think 
Based on my personal experiences, I think the organization can really have a huge impact on how the family like experiences mm-hmm. the tragedy. The company my dad worked for was amazing. I I have no bad things to say about them. I appreciate everything they did for us so much. And they were a huge support. My mom talked to the managers very frequently. Um, The company paid for my dad's funeral. They flew the managers and the co-workers that wanted to go to the funeral. They all flew down for it. My dad was working in the oil sands in Alberta. So he was up in Fort McMurray and he was a heavy duty mechanic. And we got to go up there after and we had to go collect his stuff we were actually moving from Cranbrook BC to Fort McMurray we were supposed to be moving the next week uh, to all all be together and so my mom was there the day of the incident and she was just coming home she had an interview there and they were just we had to go back to get his stuff they gave us a tour of the oil sands they made a memorial site for my dad there so there's a little plaque with his name and picture and a tree and a nice picnic area so they brought us up there for the unveiling of that and they said whatever we wanted so my dad was run over by a haul truck and I wanted to ride in one of those haul trucks Um, everyone thought I was crazy but my dad was so happy there and I wanted to experience what made him so happy and they didn't have one on hand and so they put one together so that I could ride in one when I got there (laughs) awesome yeah and I just think everything that they did was just just amazing and I think one of the biggest things is the three companies that were involved in my dad's death after he died they asked the co-workers what what they wanted to do and they wanted to start a trust fund for me And so these three companies put money in, they sold um, magnets. I almost lost the word there. They sold magnets and bracelets. And so when I turned 18, I had money for whatever I wanted. If I wanted to go to school, if I wanted to blow it all on whatever, which clearly I didn't. I'm in school still. (laughs) Yes. That was lovely. That's and and I think you're very lucky because that doesn't happen in all places, right? So exactly. you, and I'm sure you'll find that out with your research that it's not always as well a good a plan as what you've been fortunate mm-hmm. to have. Um, so I think what you're the work that you're doing is super super important for both sides, like you said, the families as well as the managers to figure out, you know, what are they going through and what what supports do we need to have? So thank you. Thank you for yeah. coming on. I know it's not easy talking about your own experiences, particularly when, you know, you lose someone that you love very much. But I do appreciate you doing that. I, I'm just wondering, yeah. I'm just looking at extracurriculars. And I know, you know, you've got your own website. Yes. Yes. So I I love sharing my story. It's always been of how I've coped with it and I just think I can really use my story and personal Mm. experience for good and I wanted to get my story and just 
safety research and my own research out there. So I recently created my own website. That's great. I've been in and looked already. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. So I want to keep up with posting blog posts on the different research going on in the safety field and just some more digestible things. I know not everyone has access or wants to read academic articles. So trying to get that research out there to regular everyday people. Well, I think it's going to be super important, Alyssa, as you move forward. So that's www.alyssagrocutt.com and we'll put that on the website. Um, I think people should because the more we can learn about this, the more that we can all together ensure improvements to work uh, workplace safety and then also improvements to supports that are required should there be an accident. So thank you for coming on and letting us know all about this. really do appreciate it. And maybe we can chat a bit another time once you're further along and, and find out what, what were your results at the yes. end. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And I would love to come back when I actually have some you know, key takeaways from how we can support family members and leaders. Great. Thank you, Alyssa. So that's it, everyone. Another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget you can download the show tomorrow from either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher. Just type in Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with our big hooray. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.